Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everybody. It is Sunday, March 20th, 2022. Another fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Dave Panyota of the fourth period will be joining us to break down the trade deadline, what the Isles may or may not do. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me 95% of the time is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well, Shawnee. How are you doing, buddy? I'm also doing well. Good. You have a good time at the Marriott on Thursday, pal? It was a pal? great time. Hopefully everyone that came down enjoyed themselves and had a, had a great time as well. Had a blast. A lot of great people coming down there. Had a great crowd. Couldn't ask for a better result against the Stranges. <laughs> nice little 2-1 victory in their building. That's always nice. Great performance out of uh, Ilya Sorokin. Oh, yeah. Anders Lee and uh, Kyle Palmieri get a, a pair of goals. So, big night for the Islanders. Yes, indeed. And a big night for Hockey Night in New York here. Like we said, trade deadline talk. We are on deadline eve. Tomorrow we find out if Lou gets up out of bed. Makes any deals or yeah. if he takes it easy because I think it could go either way, but we're going to dive into it. But before we do, want to remind you all that we are proud to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It's the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head on down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HD TVs, and in-game sound. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. Ooh. Also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three Free months of service, and of course, thrilled to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rockers, Barn Rockers Session Ale, <laughs> available at 12 locations at the Islanders' brand new home in UBS Arena, and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fine offerings, and don't forget, folks, you can get 15% off at OysterBayBrewing.com by using promo code H-N-I-N-Y, and remember to get your questions in for questions brewing later on in the show so christian as we just discussed had a great time thursday yes. right but crazy enough it's we're doing a show a couple days later the islanders wedged three more games in they did this condensed schedule that they have due to all the games they missed in the beginning of the season we got almost a basically a full weeks of games yes. to talk about here so you got the rangers you got dallas yesterday you got philly today their their winning streak comes to a uh, their point streak I should say comes to a close here uh, and a sleepy loss to the Philadelphia Flyers earlier this afternoon. Trade deadlines tomorrow. What do you say, CA? Well, certainly a lot of movement already in the NHL yeah. world when it comes to the trades that have been going on. We've seen a lot of you know Mark Giordano moved to earlier today or was that yesterday? I can't keep it straight. It's all been happening so quickly. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I mean, it's a, at least it's an exciting sign maybe for tomorrow. I know usually these trade deadline days are, are extremely lackluster and there's not a lot of pizzazz and you know you end up spending eight hours watching television until that three o'clock deadline and then all of a sudden right. nothing has happened. Right. The guys at TSN are just 
just like, <laughs> so uh, let's watch to, another highlight clip of this guy who's on the trading block right now. They're trying to fill, a, you know, I think they're on for like 12 hours that day or something like that. Something it's crazy. Yeah, it's a long haul. I mean, they love their hockey up there. They do. Um, and it's pretty cool now. You see ESPN carries part of that that trade center coverage on the on the big network, on ESPN2 usually, and then they stream it all down there on their on their digital platform. But, you know, obviously you look at the Islanders play the last couple games, and in fairness, back-to-back nights, it's three games and four nights. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough stretch of games. And obviously, uh, you know, Cal Clutterbuck and Andy Green weren't out on the ice as well. I don't think that's a bad stretch. Maintenance. We'll get into that a little bit. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad stretch. Again, we all know no. we all kind of know where the season is headed, and that's yes. certainly fine. And you, you look for the positives right now that the momentum builders for next season. And I think the last you know th- two games, you could even say this this game wasn't a terrible game. It wasn't a terribly exciting game either. Um, you know, right. it was a game, and it was played, <laughs> and that's really all you can say about that's it. That's how they happen sometimes. Um, but you know, you look at the win on Thursday over the New York Rangers, Ilya Sorokin versus Igor Shosturkin, which was a tremendous goaltending battle. You have to admit, whether you whether you love the Rangers, yeah. hate the Rangers, love the Islanders, hate the Islanders, you know that was a phenomenal goaltending duel, and that's something you hope to see for many many years to come between those two Russian Russian goaltenders who are now predicted to be the future stars in, in net for both of these organizations. And we talked about exactly that with Dan Rosen when we did our pregame show on Thursday, talking about this. Budding rivalry between Shesterkin and Sorokin, not only country mates but pals. I mean, they're yeah. good friends, so that's pretty cool. Crosstown rivals, and we got a real nice taste of what that might look like for years to come on Thursday night. Low scoring, two to one game. You obviously have that ridiculous save by Sorokin that right. was all over the place. Yeah, uh, very impressive. Basically doing the limbo, <laughs> finding <laughs> a way right. to to block the puck from going in with his paddle. It was very impressive. That's a that's a goal nine and a half times out of ten, especially coming from the stick. Of Panarin, so great, great job by him, and it was like a had a little bit of a playoff feel that game. You know, again the low scoring goaltending duel. Maybe uh, it's 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 maybe what could have been, or maybe what could be right. in the relatively near future with both of these teams expected to be competitive. Obviously, Islanders kind of crapped the bed on that one this season. <laughs> But we all we all would like to think that next year they'll both be in the postseason, and maybe we get a taste. I mean, that would be something else. Not only seeing those goaltenders battling just during the year, but if they can match up during the playoffs, what a storyline that would be. And certainly in the next twenty four hours or so, we're going to be a real indicator of where the Islanders are headed in the post and the postseason, and the off season and into next year too, with the direction of the team. And obviously, Shawnee, you mentioned you know Cal Clutterbuck and Andy Green on a maintenance day, and yeah. I think that a lot of us can read the tea leaves. And and granted, I know Barry Trotz kind of started out his post-game press conference today saying, you know, it was, you know, don't read in, in, into anything and mm-hmm. this and that. And, you know, Barry, I will say Barry Trotz has never been one to lie to, to the media directly, but certainly, um, you know, two things can kind of be true at the same time, right? <laughs> right. You know, Andy Green and Cal right. Carlebeck definitely could have needed a maintenance day 100%. I mean, they're playing a back to back. Two guys that are a little mm-hmm. bit older, they play a physical stuff. Cal Clutterbuck plays a physical style, brand of hockey, so you know he can he can get a little banged up here, here and there for sure. And Andy Green is an aging veteran, um, you know certainly can't hurt to, to rest him from time to time when when you have the opportunity. And that can all be true mm. at the same time. I think it's very clear that also you put them on the shelf for a night or two, right? Because you know teams may be calling for these guys, or you may be trying to move these guys. Both of those things can be true. I know you know kind of the two worlds combining here, but when you look back at the NBA trade deadline and, and Steve Nash, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, talking about trading James Harden, 
you know, he said for days, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. What happens at the deadline? Major trade there. I don't think that this is the same case because I don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, Barry Trotz, as, as secretive as the New York Islanders organization is when it comes to trades, mm-hmm. injuries, and, and roster moves and things like that, I don't think that they're one to kind of go in that route to kind of misdirect people, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, yes, like you said, maybe they just needed a maintenance day. Right. But if they didn't... Two things can be true at the same time. Right, but if they didn't, it is kind of... It would be very Lou to just uh, chalk it up as a maintenance day. Because you, you see teams do this all the time now, pulling right. a guy out of the lineup. But they don't give an extra... They're just like, yeah, we're, we're around the trade deadline. The guy's not dressing tonight. You know why. Right. But Lou is like, just, you know... Tell, tell everybody it's a maintenance day. Like, he's fooling anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just funny to see. But either way, it adds intrigue. It, it helped it helped us out because it gave <laughs> us a nice talking point for the show. And, you know, we've been wondering kind of over these last couple of weeks, how active is Lou going to be? Is he going to hang on to guys right. because he has plans to keep them for next year? And also, you talk about the, the loyalty that he has to his players that's been talked about on the show and, and talked about elsewhere. And I think that's something that, that maybe fans kind of lose sight of sometimes and 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 obviously a, a, a balance needs to be found between making sure you get the most out of your assets and also creating a, a welcoming and loyal atmosphere to your players because you talk about the the reputation that Lou Lamarillo has mm-hmm. built up and, and people say he's very loyal he's tremendously loyal he makes you know he follows through on, on his word and stuff like that right so you know you can't always look at these players like just cogs in a machine just pawns on a, on a chess table. They have families. They have right. lives. And I think that's part of what the discussion is about Lou being a loyal guy and, and a guy who, who goes to bat for his, his players, so to speak, mm-hmm. in that you know he might have conversations with some of these guys, maybe maybe more so with a veteran than a younger guy, right. but say like, hey, listen, Lou, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you just let me play out the year here. And, and Lou might be the type of guy who says, you know what, we don't need that fifth-round pick. <laughs> and when you can stick yeah. around, you know, when you talk about an Andy Green or, or right, know, Cal right, Clutterbuck, right. whoever, not to say the Cal's worth a fifth, fifth rounder, but the point is, is that these are decisions that are, that might be made behind the scenes where fans might scratch their head saying, hey, this guy's leaving this summer anyway. Right. Why don't you get whatever you can get for him? But at the same time, you're almost it's funny. You talk about like Barry Trotz and guys earning street cred right, right. on the ice. Maybe Lou also it's a way for a general manager to earn street cred with players around the league where guys are more inclined to sign with a Lou Lamarillo run team knowing that he's going to take care of them when they come to town in situations like this. I think that's part of it, but I don't I don't necessarily know if I believe that as much as maybe others might. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I just don't know. I don't know that when a guy, you know, a big name free agent is looking to sign with teams that, oh, you know, oh, Lou Lamarillo is going to take care of you, mm-hmm. is as high up there as, oh, this team is going to win me a Stanley Cup. Oh, or I'm gonna, right, <laughs> of course. Um, I don't. I mean, maybe if it's between two teams that, I mean, you know, if the island, if the Islanders were in the same position that they were in last year, coming in, mm-hmm. like coming into this season, where you know they're highly favored to win a cup, this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. maybe uh, you're, you're balancing between going to say like a Florida, Florida Panthers or New York Islanders or, or you're balancing going to the, the penguins mm-hmm. or the caps something like that maybe that sways yeah. i don't know i don't know if that does though i uh, to be uh, to be well, frank with you well to at the start of it i said it's a balance you kind of have to find right because let's just throw this out there it's not something that would happen but let's just say some team in playoff position needs a defenseman and they're like lou 
really desperate here. I'll give you a second rounder for Andy Green. Lou's going to call Andy up and say, listen, buddy, I love you. I know we talked about keeping you around, right. but I got to sell high here. Right, right, Second right. round pick, I, I got to let you go, buddy. And, and Lou... And we talked about how he can be cold-hearted, too, and how he's going to make the tough decisions right? And, and make sure he does right by the team. So I think he just is the type of guy who, who tries to find the best balance between those two things, where taking care of a player, where maybe, like, if all he can get for a guy is a seventh-rounder, he's like, listen, I'm not going to up, you know, uproot this guy's family for a seventh-round pick. Right. You know, maybe that sort of thing. I'm sure there's a fine line. I'm sure he has it well-defined in his own brain. But it's interesting to think about because... You know, it's uh, it's just not front and center on the minds of fans who are just like, get whatever you can, right, and and move on and, and, and stockpile for the summer, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's also an understanding, too, that a fan base is going gonna, is gonna to kind of jump to, to each dramatic end of whatever the situation is at Never. that point. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if a general manager is following what the, what the fans and the, and the you know, the, the peanut gallery is screaming, that's also a huge, a huge problem. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to running an organization of any kind. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the Islanders, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you to, to an extent where, you know, he's not, Lou Lamarell is not going to make a deal just because he feels like he has to make a deal. I think that's been pretty evident in his, mm-hmm. his tenure here with the Islanders. I think that's been pretty ten- uh, evident. You know, and, and basically every stop that he's had over the course of his career, you know, running professional hockey organizations over the last uh, three decades now, I guess it's been, uh, maybe longer. Forever? Forever. <laughs> yeah, right. Basically. So, uh, you know, I think when you're looking at the Andy Green and Cal Clutterbuck discussion, especially, like I said, I think two things can be true. I think there's very much a market for those two players, um, and the Islanders have certainly heard from teams. I also think that... Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, both players probably did need a maintenance day, and this was a good opportunity against a, te- a fly, you know a Philadelphia Flyers team that is kind of in the same boat as the Islanders are. You know, they just traded their their captain in Claude Giroux, and they're going through a major change too. Where, you know, you don't necessarily need to have Clutterbuck and, and Andy Green right. out there, regardless of what the situation. And then you throw on top of it, it's the trade deadline. So I think that's kind of what we saw at play this afternoon. Well, either way, I think chances of Andy Green and or Kyle Clutterbuck being traded the chances have increased at least a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, folks, we got a break because Dave Panyota of the fourth period is going to join us. want to thank you so much for tuning in live at twitch.tv slash hockey night and why and your favorite podcast providers. We'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey.
Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. Obviously a very busy time for our guests tonight. On the line brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. That, of course, is the great Dave Paniota from the fourth period. Dave, I know it's been a busy day already, and I'm sure it's going to be a busy Monday for you tomorrow. So we appreciate you giving us a few minutes here. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, guys. There's, uh, yeah, certainly a lot of activity um, going on, to say the least. But um, it, things are things are still brewing. Things are still percolating. And um, let's see what happens. Absolutely. It should be an exciting time. We'll get right to it, Dave. Obviously, here, the focus, of course, is on what the Islanders and Lula Morello are going to do over the next, uh, you know, 24 hours or so. And the focus now seems to be on, on Cal Clutterbuck and Andy Green, with both of them being held out for, for maintenance days. Is there any rumblings that you're hearing that these two could be on the move within the next, uh, next you know, couple hours or so? It's been um, quieter than normal. Uh, with respect to the Islanders, you, you know how much they, they keep things pretty tight. Um, yeah. You know, we try to do as much as you can, but um, it, it's been pretty quiet. We know there are teams that have expressed interest in Cal Clutterbuck. Um, it, it seems to me like if something were to happen, if he is moved, it's more likely than not that teams are going to want to have some of that $3.5 million cap it retained. Mm. Um, so, you know, how much of an appetite the, does does Lou and, and do the Islanders have in order to do that? And is the team going to pay a little bit extra in order for that to happen? So that, that's something to, to certainly watch. Yes, there's interest in them, how far along we are with respect to the, a potential move there. It's really hard to stay at this stage. No question, Dave. Sean here. So just to keep it on the aisles for a minute, I mean, there's, there's a lot of back and forth through Islander country. Are they going to be busy? Are they going to get get rid of as many guys as possible to get as many assets as possible to go into the summer and kind of retool for next season? Do you have a, a hunch, just or a gut feeling, whether you think they're going to be more active or maybe a little quieter than people expected? Maybe even some of these UFAs like Parisi, who's expressed an interest in staying, maybe he ends up hanging on to those guys to to sign them in the offseason. Do you think they're going to be busy or a little quieter this this trade deadline it's it's you know leading up into today it sounded like they were going to be fairly quiet i mean i don't anticipate unless something changes you know now and, and in the next <laughs> whatever 19 19 20 hours um i'm not really expecting too much i mean maybe they move out clutter but um you know other than that 
I don't I don't see it. I know some teams were poking around on Simeon Varlamov, uh, but with that extra year on his deal at five million, I, I mean I don't really know how much uh, of an appetite teams have to make that happen. Um, you know, yeah, there are teams out there that have have poked around, like I said, like Vegas and Edmonton and you know Toronto and a couple others, but I, I haven't heard anything overly close, uh, um, you know, on on that front. So. I, I don't know. I, I'm not expecting, and it certainly didn't sound like the other day, like there was something close with, with respect to Parise. Uh, haven't heard much on, on Chara's front. Um, and yes, Andy Green, while he was you know out for maintenance, um, whether that's what, that's actual maintenance or whatnot, <laughs> I'm really not really sure. But um, uh, again, haven't heard too much. Don't be overly surprised if there's you know not a lot of action, unless something you know, completely comes out of left field because we know that some teams have asked about guys, you know, like Josh Bailey and, and, and like Scott Mayfield. I, I just don't know if there's enough runway at this stage to get to that finish line on either of those fronts. So if you're expecting a busy Islander trade deadline, uh, yeah. Don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> All right, you heard it here, here, folks. Island of the country, pump your brakes because it might be a sleepy one. But just to to broaden it out to the the rest of the league, you got some bigger names now heading elsewhere. Claude Giroux going down to Florida. You got Giordano going to Toronto. That's a big pickup for them on the defensive end. Do you think this maybe opens the floodgates now, where you see some other bigger names heading elsewhere? You got Philip Forsberg, a guy who uh, apparently is trying to sign an extension in Nashville, but maybe he's a guy they can't they can't get a deal done, so he ends up going elsewhere. Do you see? some more bigger names flying around before we hit the deadline tomorrow? If it's, if it's going to be bigger names, it's, it's likely guys with term, um, you know, kind of on their contract. Most of the big rental pieces uh, have either re-signed with their clubs, like Thomas Hurdle in San Jose, or uh, they've already been dealt, like, you know, Giroux and Lindholm and um, Mark Giordano today going to Toronto. Uh, it doesn't really sound like, like Philip Forsberg, for example, um, I was told about a little over an hour ago uh, that there's nothing close on an extension on their front. However, there still seems to be a mutual understanding that they want to get to that finish line. It doesn't sound like tomorrow's deadline is a deadline to get an extension done. So if they don't get that done, they're going to table things, let them focus on trying to make the playoffs, let them focus on their run, and then reconvene in the offseason. And yeah, they've had conversations with other teams. I would be pretty surprised if Philip Forsberg is dealt. Um, just again, because Nashville is right in the thick of things in the wild card race in the West. Uh, I think they've got to make the playoffs the way that they're performing. I don't see how trading Forsberg makes a lot of sense from that perspective when both sides still want to get a deal done. So I would be surprised if, if he's moved. Like I said, if it's anybody from a big name perspective, uh, like a Jacob Chickren, for example, I mean, it's guys like him that are, you know, signed with term on their deal, uh, whether it's a Travis Konechny in Philly or a Tyler Bertuzzi in Detroit, um, a Connor Garland in Vancouver. These are guys with term on their contract. If we're going to see bigger names move, it's those caliber players that are signed beyond the season. Talking with Dave Panyota from the fourth period here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. Dave, you just did mention Tyler Bertuzzi, and I did want to just circle back to the Islanders. Obviously, there's been some speculation that there might be interest in there um, in Bertuzzi coming to the island. I'm curious to get your sense of the situation and and the the reality of what what that could look like. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know there are uh, teams do this. A lot of teams do their due diligence and kind of poke around and see what the asking price is going to be for some of these players. That's certainly, you know, a, a player that not only Islanders, but a, a lot of teams would love to get their hands on, uh, especially based on his performance this year, just having a tremendous, uh, tremendous season. That's why he's out there. That, I mean, he was available last season. Detroit was willing to listen on him. They, they listened on Anthony Manta, whom they eventually traded to Washington. If he is dealt, you're looking at a first-round pick, uh, a young, very good young NHL-caliber player, and another asset. However, that ends up a, a pick, another prospect, or something like that. So you're looking at, at three pretty significant pieces that would have to be swapped out in order to get your hands on a Tyler Bertuzzi, who's got another year left on his uh, on his contract. So it, it's, it's obviously not um, – I mean, it's a hefty price. It's, it's, there's no bargain here. For Bertuzzi, Detroit has no need to, you know, rush potentially moving him uh, as as they go through their, you know, rebuild and retool out there in Michigan. So, uh, if I haven't heard too much in terms of what a potential return could look like in terms of specifics mm. with respect to, you know, the Islanders, but that's the type of deal that it would take in order to pry, uh, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi out of Detroit from any team. And and Dave, essentially, the the price for a deal at the deadline is, is typically more expensive than over the summer, right? I mean, if you're a team like the Islanders who's on the outside looking in, it's kinda, it kind of behooves them to wait until summertime anyway. Now, obviously, if they have an eye on this guy and they want to get him f- before somebody else, maybe they get a little pro- more proactive. But if they're looking to pick up a player of his ilk, does it make more sense for them to just wait till the summer anyway? Do you find that the prices are usually higher at the deadline compared to over the summer when you have more time to kind of hammer a deal out and maybe there's not as many you know teams vying for for an individual player in this particular circumstance i mean normally yes but in, in this particular circumstance because um you know detroit's out of it they're not going to be making the playoffs the islanders 19 points out i mean it's a, it's a ridiculously tough hill yeah. to climb here um be realistic uh and 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 yes they were not dealt a very good hand earlier this season and it's affected them mm-hmm. um, or affected them then. But, you know, because you're talking about effectively two teams that are on the outside looking in, whether this type of deal happens now or it happens in the off season, there's really no sense of urgency at this point. Right. Because, um, I mean, both, te- both teams really, I mean, they pretty much know their fate. Right. So you're talking about a hockey type trade that really is not going to affect the immediate um, so this is a little bit different. Last season, you know, Detroit was way out of it. Washington wanted to add another piece that not only would help them then, but also down the road. So they might have coughed up a little bit more for that particular player mm-hmm. um, at the time. But in this particular instance, because these are effectively two non-playoff teams, um, whether it happens now or happens in the summer around the draft, those conversations for the most part are pretty much going to be the same. Interesting. Dave, I'm curious now, as as you mentioned, we are closing in on the NHL trade deadline. There are a lot of names floating about that could be on the move tomorrow. I'm wondering what, what sense you're getting as far as the activeness of, of NHL GMs by the 3 o'clock deadline, and is there a team you're expecting to be very active tomorrow in hopes of trying to bolster a, a deeper playoff run or a Stanley Cup run? run? Um, I think Colorado's got something else that they'd like to do. Uh, I, I, I believe it's up front. Um, I, it wouldn't certainly shock me to see them make make an acquisition uh, within 
you know, whatever the next 19 hours or so, <laughs> uh, here, uh, everybody is waiting on the New York Rangers. Right. Um, to see what the heck, what the heck they're going to do, what else they're going to do. Um, they added Vetrano, uh, earlier this week from Florida. Um, but everyone's just kind of sitting back going, all right, you've got cap space, you've got flexibility. What the heck's going on here? Uh, you know, yeah. when are we going to see something? I do know that, you know, there were some talks going into the week, or excuse me, going into the weekend with respect to Gorgiev. Uh, I haven't heard too, too much since. In fact, I was told this morning that it's at this point just chatter and it doesn't look like there's anything overly significant. So unless something has happened since this morning, um, it, it looks like they're primarily looking to add uh, at somewhere on this roster. They were in on a few of the defensemen that were out there. They were in on you know some of the forwards. Whether it's a Ricard Raquel or a Max Domi, who are probably the top two rental forwards still available in the market, um, and then you kind of have a Phil Kessel after that, uh, they, they may go in a different direction. So I'm waiting to see what happens there. Chicago is going to continue to be active. We're still waiting on Marc-Andre Fleury. Is he going to go to Minnesota? Can they figure that out? Uh, and then what happens with Calvin DeHaan? What happens with Dominic Kubelik? and so on and so on, because they have so many other pieces. They're playing right now, and all those guys are in the lineup. Um, so we'll, we'll see what uh, you know what kind of happens there. They're playing the Jets, who have Andrew Kopp in the lineup as well, and this is a guy that a lot of teams that I mentioned, New York, Colorado, Boston, and a few others, also have interest in. So just uh, you know, something to keep tabs on in that particular game, but I think Chicago's going to have – a few more moves up their uh, up their sleeve here by the time we hit the deadline. Right on, Dave. And, and last one from me. Now, granted, the bulk of deals are going to happen, you know, coming down to the wire here tomorrow. But out of what you've seen so far, not necessarily the best guy, the best player that's been traded, but which team has helped themselves the most? Maybe to round themselves out the most, plug the, the biggest hole they might have had heading in here where you're like, okay, that team is looking much more prime now or, or better prime now for, for a run in the playoffs here, uh, just from what you've seen so far. There's a couple. Um, I mean, obviously, the Giroux addition in Florida is huge. Um, you know, he's going to be given an opportunity to play with, you know, with Sasha Barkov or Huberto or, or, you know, whoever. And Bennett to Claire Verhage, they're stacked up front. Um, they, they made themselves that much better and that much deeper up front. Yeah. And, I, you know, I like that, but I also really like the addition of Ben Sherrod on the back end for this team. There were a lot of teams that were interested in Sherratt, and I know, at least on social media anyway, he gets, you know, pooped on every now and again because he's not an, an elite, you know, type of uh, type of defenseman. But this is a guy that's played 54 playoff games in the last four seasons. 27, I believe, in the last two. Wow. There were a lot of teams that see that and just value the heck out of that for good reason. Um, so for Florida to bring in this caliber of a player who's you know, going to either be on the second or third pair with all that experience that he's got, plus you know, the fact that he went to a Stanley Cup final last season, that's a lot of value there. I really like that addition. Uh, their cousins in Tampa, I mean, this is another team that they just find a way to make these shrewd additions yeah. and, and acquiring Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul today, just a, an hour ago, um, just makes them that much deeper and, and that much more dangerous, I think, because of they're, they're trying to redo that magic of the third line right. that they had for those couple cup runs. 
that, that was another really interesting, those two additions for Tampa for me, uh, another team that really, really stood out. Well, Dave, always fantastic stuff. Always great having you on. You got a lot of fun coming up here for the next 12 <laughs> to 24 hours. So enjoy it. Good luck. And I uh, look yeah. forward to having you on again down the road. You got it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, lots of espresso and lots of uh, Red Bull. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy. Dave Panyota from the fourth period. Uh, always great to have him on with us and great insight here. Less than 24 hours away from the NHL trade deadline. We're probably right now. It's 8.31 p.m. here on the Eastern Seaboard. So that's what, 19, 20 hours away from that 3 p.m. deadline or something. Give or take. Yeah, yeah, I don't really feel like trying the math right now, so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> You're probably right on the money. Um, but not. absolutely great stuff, as always. I uh, appreciate his time. I know it's a busy time of year, especially this close to the deadline, so we appreciate Dave coming on with us and yes. giving that insight. Certainly a lot of interesting stuff, too. Just want to point out the Rangers edition. Frankie Vitrano gets an empty netter goal. They're going to beat Carolina 3 nothing. it looks like. But a couple of big wins stuff. for the Rangers yeah. recently. But beat Tampa the other night. Huh? Uh, it yeah, might hurt today. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, because they didn't play today. They played Tampa yesterday. It feels like today. Um, All these days just keep getting combined together. But go on. But uh, uh, I, I was gonna, say, I was gonna <laughs> say, um, certainly a, a lot of interesting stuff there. Just from an Islander standpoint, it sounds like it could be a very sleepy sort of trade deadline for, for, for Islander fans here. Um, you know, it sounds like there may not be as many moves as people would like. I think B-Comp gave us the warning last week. He kind of uh, cooled our tempers on Varlamov, right? He, he, he kind of turned me because I was very yeah. much in the camp of, yeah, he's going, they're going to get whatever they can. But, again, the, there was some reason made for him to be kept, you know? So I, I think... With with a, a couple of these guys, it's going to come down to Lou just getting an offer he can't refuse. You know what I mean? Like, literally somebody just banging on his door being like, Lou, look, I'm throwing all this stuff at you. We need him, Varlamov, whoever it is, Clutterbuck. And Lou's going to be like, I can't turn this deal down. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's always Lou Emerald's M.O., um, you know, especially when they're more in a listening mode and not an active, you know, active mode, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what the mindset is right now. Yeah. Um, it seems like... It's all right. We're here. You know, our our phones are open. Our right. door is open. Send mm-hmm. us an offer. We'll look at it. Right. Doesn't mean we're going to take it or accept it. Right. Just because you think we will. And I think that's kind of the mode that Lou Lamorello is in right now. Um. You know, I think the Islanders, considering kind of where their um, almost purgatory like status was up until really today. Um. I mean, like officially, officially today. You know. Um, where you weren't really sure were they were they turning things around? Could this could this be salvaged yeah, sure. a little bit? Um, Today put a rubber stamp on that. Yeah, um, and a, another one. <laughs> <laughs> but so they were kind of in this weird purgatory like sta- state the last couple weeks here, while well, everyone was trying to figure out what they're going to do. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of where the Islanders are going to stay. It's it's mm-hmm. you know there, there's no not necessarily a need or an urgent sense that oh we need you need to trade mm-hmm. um, Cal Clutterbuck or you need to trade Andy Green. Yeah, I understand the idea. I guess of of um, you know getting something before losing it, losing somebody for nothing. But not I, only that, but, but what what's the package that you're getting back that's going to be so spectacular? You know what it's I mean? Minimal. Yeah. Look, I mean, maybe Lou can set himself up to to kind of gather some better assets over the course of time, right? Like maybe if he gets a fifth for one guy and a third for another guy, and then you get to the draft and he packages a third and a fifth for a right. second, you know, like maybe he can kind of build like that. And and I see that 
end of it as far as look get get as many assets in you, as you can so you can turn them into something else of course that makes sense but again i you know there's there's a balance i think between all this stuff and and he's going to gauge whether he thinks it's worth it for for one deal or, or not but look he's going to have the phones on he's he's going to listen and see what people have to offer you yeah. still have flurry out there who might get dealt which you know kind of you know, maybe he's a guy that that teams go for before Varlamov. You don't know if he comes off the market, then Varlamov maybe gets a you know a heftier price when another I also team. Think, I also think the the cap hit that Varley comes with and the, and the time on his contract are like if you're looking for if you're sort of a cap crunch team mm-hmm. and you're saying all right, well, he we're not only we need him for this season, but do we need do we keep him around for next season? Right. Kind of up in the air. You know, is Varlamov the guy you want to go after? I understand. You know, he has. Vesna-like numbers from last season. He's played well enough where you're comfortable him being your 1B. He's still a great goalie. As far as I'm concerned, he's still a great goalie. But is it – I guess the question I'm asking is if you're a team Mm -hmm. that's up against the crunch and you can get like a Marc-Andre Fleury or someone else Mm -hmm. on a a rental deal, is that the move you're going to make to go after Semyon Varlamov? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. That's that's the question. You know, I'm not an NHL general manager. I don't know. Right. Um, But my my sense would be if I was, I you know, Varlamov would not be my top choice. He wouldn't be top of the list. <laughs> yeah, again, I guess it, if there was a team who who also needed a, a backstop for next year, then he's he's more appealing. You know, maybe there's one of those teams in the playoff race right now who could use a guy beyond that year. And and his cap hit isn't that prohibitive. Prohibitive. I mean, five million isn't awful. I mean, it's a lot for a backup. But if there's a team who kind of has goalies on maybe some smaller salaries or whatever, without us going through cap friendly and looking at every team and what have you, but. Right. He, you know, because because even just him and Sorokin together, he, what five and four mil, I think combined, you know, nine million combined. Right. That's still less than Bobrovsky on his own at ten mil. You're also talking about a rookie goaltender in there. You know, what I mean, like you're you're gonna have to match that five million five five million that that Varley has on those cap hits. You know, with another starting goaltender at NHL level, like you know. Starter yeah, numbers. Again, like there so. might be, there might be a team with the uh, right recipe. We don't know. There's no reason to, to to talk about something that may not exist. But, but regardless, yes, it seems like things are are kind of shaping up to be a little less interesting for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Although the way that Dave put it, it seems like it could be a very interesting day for the Rangers, who are they having a ton of cap room, priming themselves for uh, you know I, I, what I think they believe is going to be a deep run in the playoffs, and you know fools. I, I'm not <laughs> saying one way or the other. I'm just saying that they're priming themselves for a deep run in the playoffs, and and uh, and certainly I think their their play this season has warranted at least some belief in that. Uh, when you look at New York's ever ever everlasting need to to break its uh, championshipless mm. streak, I don't think they're there championship yet. Championship draft. They're not there yet. I don't. They're not getting past Carolina. Whether whether they face them, in the they first just beat or the them two nothing. The regular season means nothing. Nothing. It has no bearing on what happens in the playoffs. We will ever. certainly see. Uh, tomorrow will certainly shape a lot of different things for both New York hockey franchises. That seems like it's for sure. The Rangers are still too green. They're, they're not going to get... They might get past the first round. Maybe they'll beat Pittsburgh, because that's probably who they're going to line up against. But they're not getting past Carolina. They're not. We will see. That's my, that's my super professional opinion on that. But anyway... Huh. As far as the Islanders go, yeah, I think it's going to be quiet. And, it, and it's going to tie a lot into the fact that they still believe that this is a team that's going to compete next year. So they're going to keep most of these guys because they're going to want them around to be a part of that, to be a right. part of that retooling. Now, I think 
a guy like Josh Bailey could we could end up being surprised, and he could end up being dealt for a little bit of a reshuffling. A guy like Anthony Bavillier wouldn't. I wouldn't think it'd be out of left complete left field if one of those two guys were dealt. I think after the obvious pending unrestricted free agents or Varlamov, I think Bailey and Bovillier are maybe the next guys who could possibly go. I said enough about Scotty Mayfield. I don't think he's right. going anywhere. I, that doesn't make sense to me because then you just have another defensive void to fill on a contract that's beautiful for him right now. So I just don't see why they would do that. So, and again, like the guys that that could be on the block, you're not going to get much for them. So. Get what you can if you make any deals. And I think the summer is really going to be the big telltale of, of what the Islanders are going to be next year. I mean, that's when they're going to look at free agency, see who's left in the pool. Maybe the Islanders can can design some sort of John Tavares-style uh, pitching to Philip Forsberg like they did with JT. Because it's funny, I'm, I'm listening to the Philip Forsberg talk with, with Dave, and I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe you know, they, they, they hang on to him, but he right. doesn't sign a contract. They get close to July 1. They don't have any sort of deal in place. And then Lou shows up during that pitch window. And then all of a sudden, Philip Forsberg's wearing orange and blue. You never know. You never know. Dare to dream. I mean, listen, uh, the offseason is, is, I agree with you, Sean. The offseason is where the Islanders are going to make their, their magic happen, I sort of speak. This mm-hmm. right now, if anything, is you're starting to clear some of the books for those offseason moves. And so, uh, you know... Brian, you're right. Brian was the first one to kind of warn us, forewarn us, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that this may be a more of a day where it's just the Islanders kind of sitting pretty and, and riding out the rest of the season as is. And, you know, Dave comes on and he seems to kind of reaffirm that that might be the case. And I know we got some questions about some other guys in there for questions brewing, so we will hit those later as well. But, but yeah, I think generally speaking, it's going to be a, a quieter, a quieter deadline. I mean, deadline these days are always Islanders. quiet. I mean, they. you know, in fairness to the league, the last year or two or three, it's been a little louder on the deadline front. I feel like more things have happened, and maybe that's that's um, almost, I guess, eco-biased just because of the, the Islanders were in the mix, right. which made it a lot more exciting here. You get Pajot and Palmieri and, and Andy Green, what, three years in a row, right? So they basically made a, a deadline deal each of the last three years that the Lou was at the helm. So definitely a change of pace for the Islanders. But and and I feel like league wide, you know, maybe there's been some more deals. I don't have the numbers on that, but it, it felt that way. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with that. But I think we're gonna make a move right now. And now it's time for what's on tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. It's time for what's on tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels. Christian, you're the man with the plan. What's on tap? How many? How they have what? Eighteen games this week. <laughs> four, <up>. four <laughs> games this week. It's a busy week for the Islanders. They start with the Ottawa. rest of them are. The Ottawa Senators make their uh, make their appearance at the UBS Arena sun, uh, Tuesday at seven thirty. Uh, then the Detroit Red Wings are in town on Thursday at seven thirty. Islanders have a quick trip up to Boston for a noon thirty afternoon start on Saturday, followed by a TNT national broadcast with uh, I believe Brendan Burke is on the call. Nationally right? for that game. Okay. Uh, 2 p.m. against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, this was, of course, billed as the, you know, as a rematch yeah. of last year's Eastern Conference Final. And, well. you know, I'm sure TNT was was really stoked uh, and genuinely was stoked to have that game on. It was, you know, it was a great series, and everyone who watched it enjoyed the hockey as a whole. Um, you know, you, everyone can kind of agree that it was just a fun series to watch, regardless of sort of the outcome yeah. of, of the series as a yeah. whole. But 
Not uh, not the uh, nationally televised uh, throwdown that TNT, I'm sure, hoped that it was going to be, but a busy week for the Islanders, a chance to play spo- spoiler a little bit with Tampa Bay, you know, some of the better teams in the league coming through, uh, you know, Boston and, and Tampa at the end of that. Ottawa is obviously Ottawa. Then we'll see apparently Travis Hamannick again. Uh, right. He's dealt to the Ottawa Senators today, right. this afternoon. Right. Yeah. Has has Hamannick been in, in the building yet? Yes, he has. When Vancouver came, he was on the ice. That's right. He played that game. And That's right. We'll see Tyler Bertuzzi as well. Indeed. Indeed. Future New York Islander, maybe, sort of. Future potential, almost, maybe, <laughs> New York Islander. I, I still don't foresee that happening. I don't necessarily um, see it either. I think it would be a lot. There's a high asking price that I'm not sure the owners have the assets that they want to or be need to give up to make mm. a, a deal like that, just going off of what Dave was saying before, yeah. as well as sort of the um, other off-ice stuff that I think comes with Tyler Bertuzzi. Even if you're looking at next year and sort of the the uh, what I would imagine is lifting a lot of the mandates and, and kind of COVID restrictions that the league has put in place mm-hmm. in itself, um, I don't necessarily know if, if Tyler Bertuzzi is, is a Lou guy or, or an Islanders organization guy at the moment or even well, next year. Well, you after. look how the Islanders handled Bodie Wild. Well, I mean, but it's... But and they're just like, see you later, have fun in Europe. Right. Now, obviously, things were different when that happened. There was a lot more restrictions. Things have loosened up a bit more. But that may just be something that the Islanders don't even want to deal with. So he might be a guy off their radar until there's just no restrictions anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think I would imagine, or you would hope, I guess, anyway, that the restrictions at that point, at least to go north of the border, would be lifted. That mm-hmm. wouldn't be an issue, um, you know, for the, the how many ever, whatever games, number of games they go up there each year to, to play Toronto, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. all the all those Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Islanders don't deal with sort of some of the mandates that you would have to deal with if you were playing. Literally, if the building was probably three feet to the left, they would be dealing with if they were a New, right. York, they yeah. were a New York City team. That's right. Um, yeah. But even all, with all of that being said, and a prediction of what some normality back, and I, I would imagine some of these restrictions being gone, I, I just don't foresee Bertuzzi even being a team, like a, a guy that Lou Lamarell would want to bring into the organization mm. outside of that. Okay. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? That could be that could be something they could have kicked the tires. They said, listen, you know, we like you. Mm-hmm. If things, you know, go according to what everything everyone kind of hopes is planned and you start to see some of those lift those restrictions lifted we'll circle back and we'll, we'll try again but um you know i don't know if that's their guy at the moment i don't know if that's their okay guy. fair enough appreciate the islanders insight from you there christian nice nice right nice. <laughs> um but looking at these games yeah. coming ahead you know you have this this six game point streak five oh and one come to a close against a team like philly that they're supposed to be granted second and back to back they have a lot of these games in this content schedule so maybe you're a little more forgiving of them losing to a team like Philly in a yeah. normal year. But if they were going to go on that 20-3 and three run <laughs> to get back into the yeah. playoffs, Philadelphia is not the team to be one of those three that you lose against. Because you look at these upcoming games like Ottawa, winnable. Detroit, right. winnable. Boston, winnable, but obviously tougher. Tougher. In Boston, tougher. tougher yes. Tampa, extremely right. tough. But, like, maybe that's one of the three, <laughs> you know? But now it's like, again, it's it's you look at these games and, and you support the team, you want them to win, and and it's a double-edged sword because the more they win now, it's just less balls in the lottery pool. But you want to ride out the rest of the season on a higher note, feel confident about going into next year. And, and, I, think, and I think we touched on this last week is, is now it's more of an assessment period, more just seeing – 
what this team can be when things are more normalized next season and, and after whatever changes they make to the roster. Right. And, you know, we keep kind of beating this this note to death, but they they do have a, a team that you can still build around to to bounce back and, and and make a strong effort. The the defense is still there. Um, you know, the goaltending is still there. It's it's really just that transition from defense to offense, I think, is where they really need to find their niche and and Dobson coming up here into his own is is a good sign on that front and hopefully guys like what do you got there i i was like who in the world is dobson (laughs) i know it's it's gotten far enough i was like was that his name is that his actual name or is that the nickname he gave him (laughs) right which is Uh, i actually i was it took me a moment to to register but yeah i i mean i agree with you sean there i think i think you're pretty spot on with with everything that you're saying right here because at at this point you're kind of just looking for the Things that are, are going to carry over to the 2022 yeah. 23 season. Um, right. You know, who are, who, uh, you know, who are the guys that deserve to stick around and um, you build around and you kind of continue to kind of make that push towards the, the fifth cup that Islander fans have been praying for since the 1980s. And, um, you know, who is the more expendable pieces? Who do you, who do you move around a bit that makes space or, or opens up a spot for another younger player developing that deserves a shot up here or right. a player that you need to bring in to kind of take that team to the next level. Yeah, and, and the intrigue with, with a, a clutterbuck and a green being on the block tells you that they might be ready to move on from these guys. And maybe, just maybe, this is the end of the best fourth line in hockey <laughs> until Ross Johnston can prove himself right. <laughs> with Sezikis and, and Matt Martin or whatever we end up seeing in the days coming ahead. But, I mean, it also would be kind of hilarious and wouldn't shock me if Clutterbuck gets dealt and then he's re-signed in the offseason and they bring him back just because of how loyal Lou is and to these guys. I mean, that would be... It would be funny. Uh, funny might not be the word. It would be I funny mean, for me. Sometimes there's a point... Right, which Charles Wong was a loyal guy, and and to a fault, yeah, it was great for his his belief in the organization, his belief in keeping the team on Long Island. But at a certain point, you went, "There's some guys that you're a little too loyal to," mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. if you're talking about letting you know Andy Green or, or Cal Clutterbuck be traded at this point, and then bringing them back next year, on on I understand they'd probably be league minimum or very small contracts is that really the route you want to go like i just don't know if that sends the right message that you're moving the organization forward we're very much in fantasy land right now but just just to to wrap it up on that if they actually did happen to trade clutterbuck and then bring him back i would have the same (laughs) attitude towards it as i did towards the martin contract where he signs a what a one million dollar deal it's really negligible in the grand scheme as far as affecting the cap it's a guy that they like having him around having him in the locker room that's fine if he pans out great if he doesn't you know when you have to go to extremes the contract is variable so it's like to me it's inconsequential it would depend on the contract but 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 just to get to the to the greater point of of, of this is that it looks like they may finally be moving on from the Cal Clutterbuck caliber players for their fourth line, where right. you're not paying a guy three and a half million to be your right winger on the fourth, right? Br- just promoting a guy like Ross Johnston who makes a mill, what mill point one, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you have an extra two million and a half to put towards a guy who can put some goals on the board for you. You know what I mean? So maybe that's where the mentality's heading, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, certainly not. Right. But yeah, that's uh, that is what's on tap for this week. A couple of uh, we got some hockey. Games. We got somebody who can say that for you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was what's on tap. I don't like him. RJ <laughs> don't like him. I know you don't. I'm well aware. Sounds like kind of a putz. Wow.
Wow. No, he's a great man. We talked about this. No, just, or was that the questions <laughs> real guy? He's a, he's a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I like that guy. Yeah. I like You're okay with that guy? guy. Okay. Yeah. He's also, he's also a nice guy. So yeah, there you have it folks. That's what's <laughs> on tap brought to you by RJ Daniels, <laughs> American bar and grill. Would you like to break for the hero? I would love to break for a hero. Oh, um, sorry, man. Donnie didn't deliver today. All right. Okay. We'll break for the hero. We'll the break for the hero. So, folks, hope you're having fun out there. Thanks so much for tuning into twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and your favorite podcast providers. We will take a brief break when we come back. The hero of the week. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. And when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the White Whale with chicken cutlet, bacon, onion rings, gravy, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. Sounds delicious. Are you hungrier now, Christian? That's brutal. (laughs) Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Monday through next week, where we, of course, will announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop on into the Huntington location of Blue Line Deli. Mention Hockey Night New York for half-off the White Whale. The Whale Blanco? (laughs) I don't know what whale is in Spanish, but Blanco, yeah. The Wale Blanco? (laughs) That's terrible. No, that's not not, not correct. That's not correct. So, Christian, (laughs) after that nonsense, please share with us your hero of the week. I think if you can put two and two together, I think you know who 
your, well, my hero of the week is anyway. That would be the great Ilya Sorokin for what was Boom. an absolutely dominating performance in a goaltending duel against the New York Rangers. Rangers. Had one of the best, if not the best, saves of the year in the National Hockey League there in that game. That was, I believe, Sports Center top top 10 highlight. I think it won. Pretty sure it was number, number one. one. Christian. Um, that's what I was getting to. Cristiano Arnold. Um, and Ilya Sorokin, obviously, despite... Despite, you know, what's been a very rough season for the Islanders, he's continued to be just a standout player in shining for the star. Islanders. He's been a shining star. Um, when you look at the future and you go looking for something to get excited, I mean, Ilya Sorokin has definitely checked all the boxes Islander fans could hope for uh, going forward and going through this season, especially in that game against the Rangers, which obviously, considering what the year has meant, um, uh, considering what yeah what the year has, has, was supposed to mean and how how it's gone, obviously being in the Rangers is such a big thing that means a lot to New York Islander fans. Yes, in a year like this, so and hey, goes on big statement from T Boyle thirteen, longtime fan saying the best save in my fandom. Wow, that says a lot. I mean, it was a great save. I'm trying to think of any other big saves that I've seen from an Islander goalie, and and nothing has come to mind. That's just also because I have the the memory of an 85 year old man <laughs> with Alzheimer's, but. <laughs> but I, nothing comes to mind, but it's definitely got to be up there. I mean, for a goaltender, yes, that may be the best save that I can remember off the top of my head, but do I think it's the best save in the last 10 years by an Islanders player? I disagree. Hmm. But you got to be able to come up with one. Ryan Pulak. Oh, player. Cute. Adorable. That's hard to argue, but goaltender, I think, is, is where we were going with this. Yeah, you're going to have to come up with your Tommy Salo save or your Jamie McLennan no, save. No, no, no. I was just strictly talking. you setting that up to say to say the Ryan Pulak goal. Okay, well done. I like that move. Um, Not bad, Christian. But, no, I mean, it's hard to argue. T-Boyle also has a very extensive knowledge of Islander history. He does. So, I mean, he, if he's he just, saying that. He I just gave us the runner-up. Before, before that, Sorokin saved. The best save was Billy Smith on Rajo Ruta Solainen. Solainen? Yep, that's his name. Uh, <laughs> of the Rangers, glove save in the 80s. All right. Didn't see it, but sure enough, if somebody disagrees, let us know. Most insane save I've seen since the hash, since Hasek saves from Andremi 13, so everybody's chiming in here. Trotty 19 <laughs> is 100 years old. It's the best save I've ever seen, with the possible exception of Billy Smith in Game 1 of the 4th Cup versus Edmonton right. when he robbed Gretzky. So we're getting a lot yeah. of great entries here. But still saying that's the best. I mean, and it's hard to argue. Like, like Sean and I cannot think of a, a goaltender save by the Islanders that off the top of my head can top that, and same thing for Sean. So, I mean, there's definitely precedent for that That to be one of the top I'd saves in to, franchise history. I'd have to, like, do a deep dive yeah. into the bowels of my brain. I was going to say, I come I up with say deep dive into the internet to try and that also, go back into Because nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing jumps out to me. But but there you go. It's a huge save in Islander history, even, even more fun because it was against the Rangers. So, Christian, I commend you for your Hero of the Week Thank pick. You. I went in a different direction. Josh Bailey? No, I did not go with Josh Bailey. I did not. But I did go with Broccoli Rob Nelson. There he is right there. Pick as well. Yes. Hat trick yesterday against Dallas. I'm going to say it. He's been the most consistent Islander for a while now. I'm even going beyond this season. Well, which is funny when you think about it, considering how for the longest time the knock on Brock Nelson was always the fact that he had a huge October, which is where the Brocktober thing comes from. But then... Barry Trotz showed up. No, no, no. That's what I was getting to. Like yeah. that's the ironic thing is that for the longest time under under previous administrations with the <laughs> Islanders, um, 
you know, that was the big thing. You saw Brock Nelson have huge, huge, huge Octobers, and then he kind of fade away. And since since Larry, Larry Brooks, Larry Trotz, don't know why Larry Brooks. Brooks. I think I was. A- that might have been the one thing that could have got me to quit Islander fandom is if, if the Islanders hired Larry Brooks to be the um, coach I'm, of the team. That, Barry Trotz. I might hand my jersey in for that one. Um, Barry Trotz and Lula Morello. I don't know how Larry. It happened. Anyway, um, don't know. How come on. Thomas Panic. Nobson. But you what was the one from last week or even Thursday? There was something. It was a very Thomas Panicky type of thing you threw out there. I think it was Thursday. What was I can't it? remember. There was something. Right? I can't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, maybe somebody in the um, But regardless, I was just saying that um, you threw me off there. That, uh, you know, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello come in and, and they've they've been able to sort of stabilize a lot of guys that had been sort of those question marks, I guess you could almost call them, those, those sort of guys mm-hmm. that are – or kind of where where Anthony Beauvillier is now, where mm-hmm. um, you know they had that that potential to be really good good players for this team and this organization, and then you know they just never were able to hit that, and then they come around and whatever it was that they did or the systems in place or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, helped kind of turn that specific player around, and and you know you look at a player like Anthony Beauvillier in this conversation now. Um, and obviously there's so much speculation. Maybe he's dealt at the deadline. Is he someone that can go somewhere else and have success? Um, you know, it's interesting that Bo has never been the beneficiary of him, uh, of the Barry Trotz and, and the coaching staff that's in place now to kind of turn that around. But it's a, but again, Brock Nelson was, so I don't, I don't know. The only, the only place Bo has really shown consistency so far is in the playoffs. He's been a performer in the playoffs, and he's, he's hot or cold in the, in the regular season <laughs> so far. Maybe he just needs a little extra time like Brock did. In the, in the regular season, too. Who knows? I mean, I'm not ready to, to give up on Bavilia. I believe it was when Carver filled in for you. He said he's ready. <laughs> he's ready to I ship mean, him out. He's ready to... I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure Mike was ready to give up on Brock Nelson, too, at some, one point. So. <laughs> oh, he, he was a total detractor. Yeah. He was a total... Nut. He had to do a 180 on yeah. Nelson. Oh, I remember. He was ready to get rid of him a, a few years ago. Absolutely. MJ Beckman, by the way, in the chat with the phonetic pronunciation for that... Rayo Roostalainen. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Could have used that five minutes ago, MJ. <laughs> Where were you, bro? Where were you? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, Brock Nelson, tremendous player. Great pick for player of the week, Sean. Career high in goals. Nice job. Thank you, great sir. Pick. He's going he's gonna to hit over 30 goals this year when's, in a lost season. When's Donnie going to get a Brock Nelson sandwich up there? When's Donnie going to get a new sandwich at all? <laughs> wow, all right. Well, I'm calling him out. Little, didn't you go to the hockey? Didn't I own a game with him yesterday? I did. He's, he's my buddy. It's okay. He, he real, can take it. Being a real jerk it. on there, Donnie. I love every sandwich that you have at Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Adam even uh, rocking the swag today. So Man, you are such a brown noser, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just supporting, supporting my friend. You're the one over here chirping him like there's no tomorrow. I'm just saying it's time to mix it up a little bit. Get some more sandwiches in the mix. The guy's no, running he's, a sandwich empire. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. There's, there's plans. There's new sandwiches coming. We got the scoop. <laughs> he's got some more coming yeah. down the line. But there you have it, folks. Your heroes of the week. <laughs> Semi- <laughs> Celia Sorokin. <laughs> it's been a while since we did this. Oh, Off the rails. Hockey Night in New York. Brought to you by Blue Line Deli. <laughs> Sorokin. Brock Nelson, uh, your heroes of the week. Remember, folks, stop in to the Huntington location, Blue Line Deli. Mention Hockey Night New York. Tell them get- Sean wants more sandwiches, apparently. <laughs> yeah, let them know. Let them know Sean <laughs> sent you. Get your half-price hero and tell them you want more heroes. <laughs>
Yes. So there you go. Stop in. Mention <laughs> the, us. The portison fills enough with sandwiches. <laughs> they have had to put them on pieces of paper and hang them around the deli. But yeah, Sean, they need more sandwiches. <laughs> Just tell them like it is, man. This is important Jeez. stuff. This is important stuff. So there you have it, folks. Your heroes of the week. Always a oh, good time. Boy. So... Right before we head into questions, Bruin, just looking at those games they played this week. Again, they look a lot more like they themselves, a lot more like the team that made the playoffs the last two years. Great game against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Played very well yesterday against Dallas. Yes. Uh, again, it's just another one of those games that makes you say, where was this team all year? And this year, uh, sorry, today's game just looked like, you know, one of those games where you fall asleep a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and you get those. Back to back. Right. Three and four nights. You get those yeah. every now and then. And, yeah. and it looked all right when Sezikis put that slapper in to put them up on nothing. But Flyers come back, and, and you have another mental gaffe from Sebastian Ajo on one of those goals where he, he's, he's coming out from the. That's the second time you did that. Are you all right? <laughs> Christian's trying to wreck the set, he's trying to sabotage the set. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so for those of you listening and not watching, Ow. that's what that loud banging noise was. He just crushed his elbow yeah. into the into the mic holder. Oh, that's okay. So, <laughs> Aho still still has to work on these little mental gaps, you know, little giveaways and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, a game like today, unfortunate, but but again, like like you said, it makes it very clear what yeah, <laughs> what yeah, are, what the know. Islanders position is for the trade deadline. I mean, it's it's over. Selling, selling or sleeping? That's where we're at. Yeah. And it sounds selling like or sleeping. sleeping. It sounds like sleeping. So, let's get into... It's time for... Oh, I didn't like the questions, Brown. Brought to you by Oyster Bay <laughs> Brewing Company. Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. That's right, folks. It's time for Questions Brewing. Brought to you by the great Oyster Bay Love Brewing Oyster Company. Bay Brewing. As well as... They're delicious honey ale. Delicious. Indeed. Yeah. So, Christian, give us some questions. All right. Questions brewing. We'll start with T-Boyle 13 jumping in early right off the bat. Barring a trade during this show. So, so far, so good. No trades yet. At least at least from the aisles. Uh, barring a trade during this show, do you see Parisi signing an extension with the Islanders? I kind of do. I think it's, I think I it's think become it's a little bit more prevalent that this is this is something's in the works right you know parisi was in the lineup today it seems by for all intents and purposes that he's a guy that the organization likes he's a guy that i think is going to come and stick around for a very you know a, a small contract um and uh, you know you know what you're getting with zach parisi and, and if you find the find the right fit for him i think it can be very successful now i think what makes this a very interesting question as well thank you t boyle as always for the great questions you throw into the chat every week i uh, it, the interesting thing too is what does this mean for the oliver wallstrom matthew barzal experiment do you see that being a factor into any sort of contract talks if i'm if you're zach parisi because if you're sticking around I mean, I think that's a line he's been very successful on. Um, you know, so he's gotten, gotten the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is that well? He's factor- been successful across the board, right? But you're, but I think with that line, you see mm-hmm. offensive production a lot more in the sense of you have two guys that can that can make those plays, and Oliver Wallstrom, who's a, a known sniper now. The only thing, the only issue I have with that is it works this year fine, mm-hmm. but if Zach Parisi is still the left wing flanking Matt Barzell next season, then this summer might have ended up being a failure. Interesting. No, that's a great point. Like, somebody else should be on that left wing, whether it's Anders Lee because they filled a guy in somewhere else, 
or it's a, a guy that's not with the organization left. Again, whether it's a Philip Forsberg or whomever, just just somebody right. of a higher caliber. Zach Parisi still could play a great role on this team, flanking JG Pajot on the third line. We've seen that already, and. I think we we were a little more laser focused on the lack of goals from Parise this season because you had such a lack thereof from Bailey, who mm-hmm. was supposed to score, from Palmieri, who was supposed to score. And I think if Parise had a scored three or four goals in the first half and ends up with ten to twelve by the end of the year, you're fine with that anyway, because he's playing that hard nosed style that he has all year. He's he's been you know mucking and grinding and all that, and he's looked great. And I think that's why a lot of Islander fans have even warmed to the thought of bringing him back. And look, the contract negotiations are going to be quick. Yeah. He's already getting his money from his buyout. He's going to get. Do you want to come back? All right, here's your contract. Right, and it's going to be seven hundred and seventy-five k or whatever it is, a million if they want to round up, whatever the case may right. be. He the guy wants to win. He hasn't won a cup yet. He he wanted to play for the Islanders. He, he gets with the Devils. He gets to what looks like close out his career yeah. on the team that his father played for. So I think it's, it's an easy decision story. for him. So and I and I think just with what we've seen from Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, mm-hmm. there are certain guys that they like, and I think he's one of those guys. I think that Parisi will be in a, a New York Islander next year. I do. MJ Beckman question brewing: Does maintenance day, quote unquote, mean guys like Cal Clutterbuck and Andy Green? Get traded. Now, I know we did address this a little bit in the yeah. show early. We'll just circle back. It'll be quick here. Um, I, I've said that before. I think that two things can be true at the same time. I think that absolutely those guys can be in need of a maintenance day because, again, you look at their age. Uh, you look at the physical style of play that Cal Clutterbuck plays. Two games, uh, you know, second game of back-to-back, three games and four nights. All that add up to maybe those guys are a little banged up and they need a little rest. At the same time, it can also be because they're, bang- they're banged up and they need a little bit of time, but also because there is some interest and you don't want to risk them getting e- even further um, potentially injured or whatever the case may be and-, and mess up any sort of trade that could be in the work. So um, I think it's sort of a... Both can be true. I don't think it guarantees that they're being dealt, but it certainly means that they're on the table. That's that's how I interpret it. Because look, maintenance is maintenance, but it means that Lou's playing it safe. And in the in the event that somebody makes him that offer, he mm-hmm. can't refuse. Question brewing CGS eight seven eight. Is tomorrow going to be a lackluster snooze fest after all the <laughs> trades that happened this month? And it seems like that's at least from an Islanders perspective, it's going to be a little more of that. Um, you know, I'd recommend doing some other stuff tomorrow. Don't <laughs> wait around watching TSN all day. I think there's still some names to be to be dealt here tomorrow to make it overall eventful. But yes, Islander wise, as we've been kind of saying all episode here, I wouldn't expect much. But then again, we've we've tended to be a hundred percent wrong on this program before. So <laughs> stay tuned, folks. But if we're wrong, <laughs> really, we can blame blame uh, Brian Compton, who initially said this a couple weeks ago. And uh, and that's all the blame that goes around, really. You are a blame shift, so that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, question brewing, Mike four six five two co. Question brewing, trying to get into Lou's head. Scary, I know. Uh, what logical reason could be there for Lou not to trade some of the expiring contracts to get some assets back? Could always resign them in the summer. I think that just goes to what I was talking about before, and you can call it maybe a little bit more of an out-there theory if you want, but I do think that these guys' livelihoods do come somewhat into play here where, again, if it comes down to getting a fifth or sixth-round pick for Andy Green or, you know, let's just say Cal Clutterbuck, and, and you can make a good argument, of course, that he's worth more than that, but let's just right. say it com- let's just say that's the best offer he gets, right? And it's like, you know, Cal already came to Lou, and he said, look, man, you know, I'd prefer to just keep my family here. 
from now until the summer. I'd love to stick around. If not, you know, no hard feelings or whatever. And then Lou might just be like, you know what, Cal? Don't sweat it. Best I got offered for you was a sixth anyway, so you're worse shit <laughs> as it is, right? <laughs> he probably wouldn't put it that way. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, Mike Mailberry might. Lou yeah, Amarillo wouldn't. Right, right. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I mean, get get what you can, but there may be some special circumstances where they don't. Right. I think, I think too, to add on top of what Sean is saying here, when you look at what the Islanders traditionally do over the last couple of years under the, under the Lou Amarillo guidance uh, as pr- president of hockey operations and general manager, he's not a guy who's just going to make a trade for trade's sake. And mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You, you add into the fact that, you know, he, he's a guy that respects these players and understands that when you're making deals like this, there is more than just looking at the sort of numbers that these players bring in and the stats and the, and the contracts and all this. There are people behind these, um, you know, underneath those jerseys and they're, they're, they have families and all these different aspects to it. And I think that certainly comes into play. But at the end of the day, this is a business. And I think when you look at it from a, just a business perspective as well, you know, this is a guy, this is just a management team that has never been f- one to make a decision because they feel like they have to. Um, you know, Lou Lamarill always right. loves to say, if you have time, take it. And right. And the Islanders have had plenty of time to figure out what they're doing over the last couple months. They've had plenty of time in the last couple of weeks to kind of yes. figure out what was going on. And there's no sense of urgency to be like, all right, we have to get rid of this guy or we have to get rid of that guy. Even when you look at the Baileys or the Varleys and, and some of those other guys, there's no sense of urgency for the Islanders to move them now because what's the difference now or making that down the line or just not re-signing certain guys. You know, mm-hmm. what is the value? What is the true value right now that a Clutterbuck and a Farlamoff are going to bring in or an Andy Green are going to bring into the organization right now that's necessary for them to be moved, right? I agree with you where if you're getting a couple draft picks, fourth, fifth, sixth round, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you, those picks are always such a crapshoot anyway when it mm-hmm. comes to – talent and who comes out of those drafts and, and who doesn't so uh, you know it, it comes down to i think just from the business perspective of just there's no need or no strong sense of urgency to be like oh we gotta make these trades right now because what mm-hmm. what's the difference right um and i think that's kind of what it comes down to uh question brune and dremy 13 if lou doesn't move the ufas is he really going to bring same team back that's totally unacceptable I don't know. I don't think he does bring the same team back. I don't think him not dealing these UFAs are indicative of, of, of the path he takes over the summer. It doesn't mean that he's bringing them all back. It just might mean he didn't find a deal for some of these guys. Or, again, he just accommodated them and says, listen, you can stick around for the rest of the year, and, and then we'll part ways when the summer comes. I, I think, look, it's very clear to Islander country, and I also think it's clear to management, most importantly, that this team needs some tweaks doesn't need an overhaul, but they definitely need to, to make some changes. And that obviously means getting younger overall, more specifically on the defensive end of things, and uh, a little more offensive punch on, on the forward end of things. And, and I think at minimum, this team needs to get a, a, a top four left-handed defenseman and, and a, top four, a top six winger. If you want to go a little further than that, maybe you get another defenseman you could you could put on the, on the left side so you're not re- relying on an Andy Green as your third-pairing defenseman. Could he still do it? Perhaps, but maybe let's shoot a little higher. <laughs> you know, let's 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 give that a shot. 
but no, I don't think I don't think them them hanging on to to these UFAs for the remainder of the year means that they're they're not going to make any moves this summer. I expect Lou to be pretty active this summer. Question brewing back to T Boyle: Do you see Bellos getting traded tomorrow or during the summer? Wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. So was that tomorrow or during the summer? Well, I'm talking about tomorrow. I wouldn't rule it out, but. He's like nobody's calling up Lou Lamarillo saying I need Kiefer Bellows for my you know to to fill in any hole in my roster. I feel like if Kiefer Bellows gets dealt tomorrow, I think it's in a package involving other guys. You know what I mean? Maybe something bigger. Maybe Lou surprises us and does make that deal to acquire somebody for the future tomorrow, and he includes a a guy like Kiefer Bellows in that deal. But I would say the likelihood is 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 smaller than any of the, the guys we're typically talking about for the deadline. I don't see him going again tomorrow unless he's part of a bigger deal. Question brewing. I want to get to this one, uh, then we'll circle back to some of the others. First-time commenter, P-Klein, P-Klein. Question brewing for you guys. Any chance we see Sallow again this year, and what the heck do we do with Aho? He doesn't look great. I think we only see Sallow again this year if there's an injury. Yes. Or deals. If Green and Chara right. say farewell, then yeah, he probably say comes. Say Yeah. The phrase you were looking for. <laughs> oh, thanks. Then I would say he comes back up. But if not, he keeps getting his playing time down in Bridgeport, and then they reassess this summer. As far as Aho goes, yeah, he's had his, he's had his bumps along the way. We talked about his game today. I don't know if he's going to be a long-time answer for this team. I mean, maybe he ends up being that third-pair lefty if they can't, you know, figure out a better plan. I'd mm-hmm. like to think that they do. I mean, he's a guy who we've talked about him multiple times now over the course of the couple of years you've been on, on the <laughs> show with me, Christian, and he's he's always been that we'll use him if we have to kind of guy, right? Like, we'll yeah. keep him around. He'll, he'll get through camp. He'll be that seventh defenseman. He'll barely get into a game. It, it just looks like there's no long-term plan for him to be part of the top six. So does he stick around as a utility? I, I think Lou finally shows mercy this summer. <laughs> And he probably gets dealt or let go in some way, shape, or form unless they can't find anybody else to, to fill that role. And again, that means Lou had acquired her summer than he probably should have. I, I just I see Salo like everybody else. He has more potential to crack this team, again, whether that's next year or beyond. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the days of, of Sebastian Ajo as a defenseman for the New York Islanders are, 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 are limited. Yeah, I think you look at that and you go... He, if he sticks around, he's a utility defenseman. He's a guy who gets called up to to kind of fill the gap when there's an injury or something like that. I don't see him sticking around in sort of the starting role or, you know, a significant role with the Islanders organization outside of just being that guy who who fills the gaps. Um, and that's if he's still here. I think it's gone on long enough where we 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 can be pretty confident in saying there's no there's no future outlook for him to be right. a top six defenseman on this team i mean prove me wrong sebastian but i don't i just don't think that's yeah and it's it's funny you know obviously the calls earlier earlier in the year were sort of why is anaho playing this is crazy this and that and you know credit where credits do barry trotz and and lula morello obviously saw something that a lot of fans didn't and um you know myself myself included in the media when it came to what you were looking at as far as what the islanders were doing and Mm -hmm. aho you know aho has some good moments but he's not an everyday nhl defenseman uh at at least right now the way it is so, uh, and as far as Sal goes, I'm in agreement with Sean. I think that he's a guy that will be here at some point in the future, but there's still a deve- developmental phase that he's going through and, and sort of learning the ropes of being an everyday NHLer and, and an everyday pro. Right on. And I think he's ahead of schedule. I think he surprised us this year. I think he looked better than we expected. 
Question brewing back to Andromi13. Is it possible that guys like Bailey and Varlamov are just much more valuable to the Islanders and not as much to the rest of the league? It's a great question. Yeah, I like actually. It. And I think there's something to that where there's certain players that when they're part of a certain system, of a certain locker room, they flourish and they end up elsewhere and it just doesn't work out. I mean, how often do we see that? It happens quite a bit. So that's a that's a decent question. And how that affects the deadline, uh, you know, is is interesting to think. You know, does does Josh Bailey go to another team and all of a sudden decide to start shooting the puck more? I don't think so. You know, I, I mean, I think we, we know exactly what he is to this point. I mean, to a painful fault sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm still a fan of his, d- despite the frustrations that he might bring to the Thailander fans every now and then. But, yeah, I think I think that's a good question. I mean, I think Varlamov is, is valuable throughout the league. I think that he's just a good goaltender. I don't think that... I don't think that he's going to be too much better or too much worse. I mean, unless it's just a terrible defense in front of him on another <laughs> team. Because hey, that has a lot to do with it, too. But, but I mean, Josh Bailey, who knows? Is, is the Islanders the best team that, that Josh Bailey could be on compared to the rest of the league? Maybe. I don't know. But it's a good question. It's a, it's a really interesting question. I think that when it comes to these two particular players, especially mentioned by, um, by Andremi, I'm, I'm curious, again, we're... we're where it stands, I guess, is what people view as the value for Bailey and and Varlamov. And I know people have such a you know wide eyed view of of Semyon Varlamov when it comes to what you what you think he returns. And I, I've mm-hmm. always been hesitant to say, oh, he's he's going to get you this massive return that I think people expect to get with him mm-hmm. or get to get for him because he's so valuable. And I, he, I don't think there's a question of value. For Semyon Varlamov, I think he's a talented goaltender, and he could help wherever he, wherever he goes. But there's also a lot of financial, I think, things that come into play. And I think that when it comes to the the quality of goaltender, what your need is for for goaltender at that point, perhaps there's a cheaper option out there that's not going to cost you as much. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the Islanders not feeling like they have to make a trade. So if they're not going to get the value that they see for Varlamov, then they're not going to make that deal. And the same thing goes for Josh Bailey. I'd be curious to know what people think his value would be for another team. I think that there is value for him, and I think other teams recognize the value for him. But again, I think it just goes back to, is it worth the, you know, is it worth the, the couple draft picks that you're going to get to, to trade him. I think what comes down to Semyon Varlamov being traded by tomorrow is whether or not Lou Lamarillo decides that Varlamov's is the salary that needs to go in order for mm-hmm. him to retool this team. If he says to himself, I need his $5 million out the door so that I can bring in X amount of dollars for a guy like this or a guy like that, then I think the likelihood of him getting traded tomorrow is high. But if he sees more value in him still being a tandem with Sorokin and he can find that salary elsewhere, a la a Josh Bailey, then maybe Josh Bailey gets dealt, whether that's tomorrow or over the summer. I still think that might be more of an over-the-summer over the thing. But then again, we've talked about his play. You know, he, he's a playoff performer. Josh Bailey has a number of playoff games under his belt, and he's stepped up. He's been a clutch player for the Islanders in the right. playoffs. So he's a guy who, who a team could use. It's just a matter of... Without again being in Lou Lamarillo's head, who he thinks is are going to be the pieces that he wants to to keep around to 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 build on on what happened the previous two years. If part of this retool that we're all expecting this summer, right. and it's going to come come down. We already know that he was willing to expose him in the expansion draft. 
So I guess he wouldn't have been too upset if he was taken instead of Jordan Eberle, right? So if he finds himself in a position where he needs to get rid of more salary in order to bring on something that's more valuable, younger, whatever the case may be, Josh Bailey could end up being that guy in, in in that case. Question Brewing, CGS878. With how many games left in the regular season does Corey Schneider get an NHL start? The answer is no. (laughs) <laughs> the answer is if Semyon Varlamov is still an Islander come tomorrow, yeah. he's not playing any games this season. Yeah. But the NHL level, he'll anyway. he'll get, yeah. I mean, he'll get in a back to back if Varley's dealt because again, like it doesn't matter if he starts and they lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like Lou's going to be like, oh well, I dealt Varley. I got to bring somebody else in to right. finish the season out. He's just going to bring up Schneider and and when they have one of their eighteen remaining back to backs left in the season, he'll get one of those starts. But you I know, say no. Uh, yeah, I, if look, we'll see. We'll see. Remains to be seen. And finally, we're gonna end it off with uh, we got and Jeremy throwing in a late question here. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm gonna throw that into the list. But let's get to try the A19 question brewing. What are the chances Letty comes back? Uh, I, I would assume during the off season. Well, it's funny uh, going back to Carver. Get another mention here in the show tonight. He was saying a while back, I think that was just maybe a conversation between myself, a couple of buddies, buddy of ours or whatever it was, but he was like, don't be surprised if come trade deadline, Lou goes and gets Letty back for the playoff run. <laughs> this is before the collapse, right. before everything went downhill. You know, when everybody... So what was this, like October? Well, it was, it was, yeah, it was very much like when, you know, they brought in Shara and it was like, okay, they're going to need more. I mean, because back then oh, we were okay. still so talking, we were talking about... This is like the summer. Yeah, no, you, I mean, maybe that's the like summer, maybe, maybe the summer, maybe be, beginning of the that's season. training camp. When but, they brought in Shara, yeah, that's training well, Yeah, whatever the case may be, but, but basically once it was understood that they were going to need another left-side puck-moving defenseman, right. MC was like, don't be surprised if they get Letty at the deadline, which I, you know, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been. I mean, it'd be interesting if they if they swung and missed on maybe anybody else that's out there like a chicken or, or what have you. If, oh, in the offseason next if, year. No, 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 no. The, oh, right the now. deadline. The deadline. Like, let's say they were in the mix. Oh, the in the spot. mix. Okay. Right. If they were, if, if the disaster of 2022-23, uh, 21-22 didn't happen. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know. Did you just predict another disaster? No, stop. You stop that. You stop that. No, he basically said, don't be surprised <laughs> if they look so, at him for the deadline this year if they were in it. They weren't in it, so right. it's moot point. Gotcha. But what are the chances of him coming back this summer? Well, I think I that's, wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out I if it's, it as out. a plan C thing, right? Yeah. Kind of like Chara, like we talked about. More palatable. He was, he was plan Z. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like, I feel like if, uh, if they can't bring in maybe who they're – they got their eyes on. I think Letty's a decent fallback. Sure. Interesting. Very interesting insight there. So what what you take away from that is I'm pretty sure I heard Sean predict a disastrous 22-23 season. Yeah, that's that's how you would interpret that, Christian. Question, bro. Well, Andrew, I mean, I guess I just uh, making an, an addendum to, I guess, one of his previous questions, referring back to the Varley, the value question. I just think that Lou is not a fan of retaining salary at all. Look at Lad deal. He won't retain a penny of salary. Rather attach an asset in need if need be, if need be. I'm looking for the question in there. There's no question. <laughs> um, I was just, I guess, a clarifying no, statement. No, I got it. I got it. I got Which it. Which is fine. We we are absolutely open to that. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, maybe Lou doesn't like retaining salary. I don't know, but how much does he have to retain? Because you you know, there's all the talk about you get to the deadline and and most teams' salaries. You know, uh, well, he's got the extra year. That's the problem. It's the extra year. But like, yeah. if he was just a UFA guy, it wouldn't matter, right? Because of the, you build up that's that why, space. Yeah. Right, that's right, what right. that was part of my argument earlier in the show when I said, 
You look at that second year, five million dollars. Is that a team? You know, if you're a team in the playoffs, that's something you want to spend money right, on. Right, right, a cheaper right. Cheaper option, that kind of thing. I think. I'm glad you listen when I talk. <laughs> I mean, do you blame me for not? I <laughs> mean, <laughs> for crying out loud. But I think that'll do it for questions brewing, guys. Great questions. Yeah, good that stuff. was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Hope you took some value in our answers. <laughs> and uh, we move on yeah. from. That was Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, and I think this is where we wrap it all up. That's it. You have any closing comments that I would rather not listen to, Christian? Anything you want to add here at the end? (laughs) No, I'm good. Oh, all right. Well, in that case, cue the music. It's time to put the cap on another episode of Hockey Night New York. I want to thank Dave Paniota of the fourth period for joining us. Awesome stuff from him. Trade deadline excitement coming up tomorrow. I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Great stuff. And, of course, a big thanks to our sponsors, starting with RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the Isles when you can't make it to the game. Don't just go for the Isles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late-night bar scene. They have it all. Huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, unofficial partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for the great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone service services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And a huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York and get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. Once again, huge thanks to you guys for tuning in live. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, subscribe, spread the word, tell your friends to follow us on Twitch, follow us on YouTube because we're broadcasting out there now. Not live, but we're throwing the show up there, all the archives. So you can check <laughs> us out on YouTube whenever you Sean want. Cut his own mic. I did cut my own mic. That's pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, follow us on the socials. Christian C underscore Arnold 01. Myself at Shawnee Hockey. Hockey Night New York at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your night. We will see you next week. Bye.